Uh, let's talk a little bit about it with our good buddy Blake Lovell. You can follow him on Twitter at the Blake Lovell. Covers all things SEC. Managing editor for the fourteen or Southeastern fourteen. That is, uh, Blake. Did you get a did Did you get a little bit of a promotion or because your 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 name changed on your Twitter there your bio? Well, no. I just I, honestly, guys, I just like I was like, oh yeah, I probably need to update this, which I should have done probably about two years ago, but. <laughs> Um, yeah, I just forgot in all honesty. So I'm like, Hey, let's just put this on here. It sounds fancy, doesn't it? But, very um, you know, it, it, Hey, you got to try to sound fancy on Twitter. So, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I'm already, I'm kind of nervous now for this interview because I didn't realize you know, I'm talking to somebody so high up in the rankings there. That's my problem yeah. now. So it's thrown off the interview, but we're going to power through. Speaking of high up in the rankings, <laughs> Vanderbilt is on the positive half of the Southeastern Conference in basketball. What What are the odds yeah. that we thought about that three weeks ago, knowing what we knew? Yeah, no, they are. They are. Um, they are. They are right there. I mean, it's kind of interesting to think about because I look, guys. I told you. I feel like we talked for the Tennessee game. I said, look. I mean, I know this is like a. It was like a one-sided potential game here, but I mean they play everybody close, and it's just the way it works these days. Like that's just what they do, and I think anytime you play as many teams close as they have, they're gonna find a way to win some of these. And like the Georgia game was a good example of that. I mean the Arkansas game, they wind up winning by 13, but that's a that's a closer game. Um, yeah, I mean that's just they hang around, they hang around, they hang around, and you know even without their best player, they go into Georgia and get a win. I think it'd be a little bit harder to do tonight without their best player because you've got the best player, you know, or the best or second best player in the SEC on the other side, Oscar Sheboy. But it's pretty wild, and I, I'm telling you, I, I think this is a winnable game tonight for Vanderbilt. And, um, hey, if they were to pull this one off, then who knows what can happen from here. So. Well, Vanderbilt's 7-4 and four at home, 2-3 and three away. Kentucky's 11-1 and one at home and 1-3 and three away. And they're playing at Memorial. Do you think – is? So, Memorial Magic. Is this like a Memorial Magic-type game, or maybe Kentucky's just fallen a little too out of grace to consider it that? Well, I mean, here's the thing. If, like, if Liam Robbins was playing, mm -hmm. then I would I would feel a lot stronger about predicting the Vanderbilt upset because the problem now becomes, you know, Robbins isn't playing, Dort's not playing. The two of your big guys are not just, you know, on the bench. They're, they're not available. And – so on the other side, you're looking at Oscar Sheboy and you're thinking, all right, what's going to happen here? How are you going to stop this guy? Um, you know, you've got Quentin Malore Brown, but beyond that, I mean, hey, you've got a lot of guys that I don't know that will be experienced in that role of trying to, you know, shut down a, a Sheboy. Now, on the other hand, you could say, well, we're just going to let him get all his points and we just got to stop everybody else. Well, that's going to be easier said than done because Kentucky's playing a lot better offensively now. And as we've seen these last three games, um, you know, with Casey Wallace, and he's kind of manning the point now, and that's exactly what they needed to do. And Cal making adjustments is kind of one of those things that um, Kentucky fans have been asking for for a long time, and he's actually done it. So it's kind of a, one of those things where Kentucky's playing much better offensively. Uh, Vanderbilt, again, doesn't have their best player, and I think it's, it's not just they don't have their best player. is They don't have their maybe best player who would be a significant sort of you know, play a significant role against Kentucky's best player. And I think that may wind up being the issue. But I say that, guys, and it's like, again, I, I don't care who's on the floor for Vanderbilt. Um, I don't know if you can put us three out there and keep it close. But, like, <laughs> I just feel like I just feel like no matter who they play, it's going to be close. And so I, they'll have a chance just because I think, again, they're going to keep this game close somehow, somewhat. You put me out there. I'm dropping 30. 
I might have a double double. Well, I was mostly talking about Zach. Bruce. Ah, I mean, I, I was there talking about you and I. I'm a wing <laughs> threat. I mean, you you're know. wing threat. Yeah, because okay, oh, yeah. I, I can hit the rebounds if we cover enough positions. Oh, you know. I opened the door for you on that one, Bruno. I was gonna say wing threat, and then you're supposed to say, yeah, chicken wing threat. Yeah. You know, and that. Oh, no, man. I'm thinking seriously. <laughs> I mean, you're the guy who thinks you can nail home runs off pro pitchers. Not know? home runs. I can make contact out of give me a hundred pitches, all fastballs from an MLB pitcher. I'm gonna at least put the bat on the ball five times. I know that for sure. Not are there gonna be hits? I don't know, but I, I feel comfortable with that. Blake, you think you can make a hit, hit a three? Like like in a well, game let's, situation, let's, they pull it to you and you're wide open. You oh, think I you can pull up it. and hit I would it? Nail it. Zach, we just we just need you to be the facilitator, okay? Please don't take any shots. That's that's all I ask. I'm just a role player. Huh? We're not gonna keep it close. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> talking with Blake Where Level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talking <laughs> with Blake Level, managing editor for the Southeastern 14. Find him on Twitter at the Blake Level. What is it about Vandy on Saturdays though? I mean, oh, yeah, does it is it is it is it just you can trust them better on Saturdays? Because it seems like that's where their wins are actually coming during the week, uh, at least in SEC play. I don't know if they haven't won. They may have won one during the weekdays, but it feels like Saturdays they just get it done. Well, I think too. I mean, it's like the the one they won, I guess, was against South Carolina. And I keep saying this, guys, and South Carolina fans aren't happy with it. But like South Carolina is a historically bad SEC team this year. Like they might go down as one of the three worst SEC basketball teams of the past decade. And, you know, it's one of those things where you think about where Vanderbilt was then. I mean, that was an overtime game. And, I mean, it's, again, for South Carolina, they've got just the wildest season you can have. They've got one SEC win that happens to come at Kentucky. Everybody else is pretty much pulling them out except for Vanderbilt. But, yeah, I mean, look, it's a product of the schedule, too. I mean, look at the look at the teams they've played on, you know, I mean, look at the Tuesday games, right? Here's your Tuesday game in Tennessee. Here's your Tuesday game against Alabama. Um, so I, it's just one of those weird scheduling things. And again, now you get Kentucky, uh, and then guess who next Tuesday is? It's at Alabama. Like their their midweek schedule is brutal. I'm actually looking down this now. I mean, look, they, they got Kentucky tonight. They're at Alabama next Tuesday. Next Wednesday they're against Tennessee. So it's like, boy, they're they're midweek games. Maybe that's why they're on a, a slide in the midweek because boy, their their schedule's not been easy. So. Now, looking at what one of the teams that you just mentioned there, Alabama, number two in the nation right now, uh, perfect inside of conference play, been a very strong team. Do you feel like that team does have uh, ability to go deep when it comes into March? Yeah, I mean, I think they're the best team in the country. I, I know Purdue is number one, but I, I think Alabama is better than Purdue. Um, having seen both play, I just – I don't think there's another team in the country that has that sort of extra – gear or whatever that Alabama has. I just think that they are on a different level when they are at their best, and they've been at their best for, for quite a while. And I, mean, I said the other day, like, if you had asked me right now, if it would lay one bet on the NCAA tournament, no bracket, no idea what the path looks like, but if I had to look at it and pick one team to win it all without any other knowledge whatsoever on the tournament, I'd pick Alabama because I feel like they are the team that in any scenario – They've got one of the best players in Brandon Miller. They've got one of the best, you know, offenses just in terms of when they take care of the ball. I mean, how do you stop them? They're going to shoot a lot of threes. They're going to shoot a lot of free throws. Um, you know, those are just that's how they get their points. Defensively, they're one of the best defensive teams in the country, which people don't want to talk about that, but that's the reason why Alabama is where they are. It's not just their offense. I mean, they're just – last year they were not good defensively. This year they're one of the best out there. I mean, they beat everybody by double digits. They haven't allowed more than 69 points in an SEC game so far. 
Like, they're 7-0, and beating everyone by at least 11 points and haven't allowed more than 69 points in any of these games. Like, that's just – that combination is something we haven't seen in a while in the SEC. And so they're, they're just a special, special group of talent here. And, yeah, so right now, not, not only do I think they can make it that far, I'd make them the favorite to win the whole thing at this point. You know, talking about Brandon Miller, too, out of, here out of Middle Tennessee, do you think, and this is kind of a recruiting question, I guess, but do you think he's a a catalyst, or maybe not a catalyst, but kind of a starting point for more recruits coming out of the Middle Tennessee area, basketball-wise, that are going to be able to, to – that the nation is going to start focusing more on Middle Tennessee – for that kind of player just because he's coming out of this area? Or do you think he's more the anomaly coming out of Middle Tennessee right now? Well, I mean, we've seen over the years, you know, and I know I'm going to forget some guys, but it's like, you know, there's always been good talent around here in terms of just, you know, whether it's whether it's a Brandon Miller, whether it's a, you know, Darius Garland, guys like that. I mean, it's just there, there's always been some of those guys that just are out there. And I think what's so interesting now is, you know, think back like a long time ago, right? Where it's, okay, you have a guy like this, or again, pick a, a Darius Garland, whoever else um, around here. And I know we're, again, I'm forgetting some names, but before it's like, all right, well, you know, he's going to go to like one of four places, right? He's going to go to Duke, North Carolina, Kentucky, Kansas, something like that. UCLA maybe in there. But now it's like, okay, again, you, I think that's probably the biggest difference is, yeah, the talent's around here. There's, there's plenty of good talent around here, but it's, now, because of the way recruiting has changed and just because of the way and I think college basketball has changed with the transfer portal and all that stuff, like you, it's just it's so much harder to kind of project where guys like this are going to wind up because there are so many other options, and especially like with NIL, right? I mean, you know, it's, it's those kind of things that come into play because you're talking about Brandon Miller, the future NBA All-Star. Um, you know, Darius Garland's already become that. And I know, you know, Vanderbilt fans certainly didn't get exactly what they wanted out of him, but I don't think that was through his own fault. I mean, that was just an injury situation and that. So I just think that's probably the more interesting thing to think about is the talent that is around here. You know, it's not really one of those things anymore where it's just like, okay, well, they're going to wind up, if they're just top, top-tier guys, um, they're going to wind up at one of these just top four or five blue blood programs. Not always the case anymore because you just got guys that can go out and recruit anywhere the way the transport portal has changed everything. So that's kind of fun to think about that, you know, these guys could literally just wind up anywhere, even if, you know, the Blue Blood programs are still going to have their mission in all of this. But, you know, a Brandon Miller goes from Alabama, Darius Garland goes to Vanderbilt, and so forth. I mean, it's just kind of one of those fun things to think about. And I just want to be the one to advocate. One and done at Vanderbilt is such an easy sell. Like, once you get to, like, government 3,600, that's when you want to – get out but <laughs> but those and the freshman life at vanderbilt man i'll tell you what the the commons and the dorms I, i'm selling it right now so they maybe that's what darius saw and thanks for reminding me about darius garland that makes me sick to my stomach every time i remember that <laughs> happened so thanks for that too well i mean look he i think it's one of those things where like, and look you, you know this like there i think there are some people that will be bitter because they'll look at him and say well he was never you know, it was never that good. You know, he just was going to come in, and even if he would have played, no. Like you look at him, what he's doing now—that's <laughs> exactly what. That's exactly what everyone envisioned. Like you look at what he's doing with the Cavs. Like that's exactly what when you when we saw him, it's sort of okay. This is what he can be, and now he's gone on, and you kind of see again what he's doing in the NBA, and he's just. Yeah. I mean, he's just he's on a different level, and so yeah, I know it's terrible, but I mean the injury luck for Vanderbilt, right? Their best players out again. Like, how many years in a row? It's like seven years in a row. 
our women's basketball team has our women's basketball team has eight players on it. So. Yeah, right. Like the women's team is just decimated. So I don't know what it is, but the program just cursed in terms yes. of injuries. So. <laughs> Uh, let's switch it over to the uh, the other side of this argument, talking about Tennessee now. The AP rankings, and I always love bringing up AP, AP rankings to Blake because it's his favorite thing to talk about. Uh, <laughs> no. They gave them the number four team in the nation. Do you do you feel like that team is really the number four team? The only top three, or sorry, the only top five team with three losses in it currently. Do you really feel like that is a top five team right now in the nation? Here's what's interesting, and I don't think I realized this until earlier because I had this discussion with someone, and I don't remember what where this what prompted it, but it was sort of like uh, looking at different resumes and like, well, I don't think this team should be this high. But I said to him, I said, hey, well, I get that, but the problem is if you look at the teams behind them and you start to realize, okay, well, that team's dropped a game they probably shouldn't drop. That team dropped a game they shouldn't drop. Like, you keep going down the line, you're like, well, by default, it almost has to be, like, you know, these top five teams, the way they're certainly, I think it's what, Purdue's one, Alabama's two, Houston three, Tennessee four, Kansas State five. You know, if you look at the group behind them, you're sort of like, well, can you really advocate for maybe anyone outside of Arizona? I mean, Kansas just got shellacked by, who was it, TCU the other day, and then I think they lost to Baylor. Um, I don't remember what the, the number was on that. But it's just like, I think you look at those kind of things, and you're like, well, somebody's got to be somewhere. And Tennessee, if we don't have the Kentucky game, I think we're looking at Tennessee right now and wondering, okay, is this an Alabama one, Tennessee two type thing nationally? And on the SEC, but you know, but they had that Kentucky game, and it just sort of made everyone fear. Like once again, I'm like, oh no, like this is going to happen again to us, isn't it? Like we're going to get in a big game like this. We're not going to be able to score, and we're back at square one. I still think when you look at the overall picture. Tennessee's beaten Kansas. They almost won at Arizona. Um, you know, look at what they've done in some of these other games, just completely taking it to some of these teams. Uh, so, again, they've got to go somewhere, and I don't know if the teams behind them have that impressive of a resume to say, well, that team should be ahead of Tennessee. I mean, honestly, Kansas State might have the best argument of anyone to be ahead of Tennessee, and they're at number five. But everyone else, Arizona, UCLA, Kansas, I mean, Tennessee's beaten Kansas. I know they lost to Arizona, but – I mean, that's about right to me because I just don't know who you really strongly feel like has to be in front of Tennessee at this point. And this one has no local flavor at all in it. I just want to more or less talk about it because they are on an impressive streak right now, and they're the number 18 team uh, in the rankings currently. It's the College of Charleston who's had 20 <laughs> straight wins. What What is your make of teams like that and that kind of division? I mean, their one loss was two at a time, the number one team in the country in, in uh, uh, UNC. What do you make of a team like that, and have you been kind of keeping up with that team for, you know, deep, deep uh, analysis when it gets to, to uh, tournament time? Well, I know Vanderbilt fans have been keeping up with Charleston for different reasons, and you can probably guess what that has to do with. Um, because Pat Kelsey is someone that, you know, I I think you look at him, and, like, he is one of those guys that, he's going to wind up at a bigger job very soon. And I think, you know, no matter start of this season, you know, everyone's wondering about coaching changes um, in different places across the SEC, other power conferences, like Pat Kelsey is someone that's going to be on everybody's radar. And, and it now, especially right. Because you look at what, I mean, was it the last year was at Winthrop, they went 20 through 23 and two, I guess that was a couple of years ago at Winthrop. And now it's like, he's basically building the same type of scenario here at Charleston where, 
he's coming into this and has a team that, like, they are legit. I mean, they're they're a legitimate team in terms of Washington play. You can say, well, they play, you know, in the CAA and all this other stuff. But, like, they are for real. They're the kind of team that no one wants to play right now. And, you know, you look at just kind of the makeup of how they play, they're a fun team because they shoot a lot of threes, and that's always exciting. Uh, and, you know, again, just, just how they play, they play an up-tempo type of style. I think Charleston's just going to keep on, keep on, keep on winning. Like, that's just how it works. And I think the main reason why, obviously, have a lot of good players there. But, I mean, Pat Kelsey, again, is someone that he's going to – I don't know if it comes next year or the year after, but, like, he's going to be at a power conference program as soon as next year, possibly, uh, because I just think that he is – he does all the right things. He promotes the program. Um, and again, he, look at look at the like watch the atmosphere. Like right when you watch them play, like the atmosphere is just unbelievable. But that's something that he's built there. Like he goes out around campus and he does all this stuff. That's what's fun about these kind of you know schools when you have a season like they've had so far is you just are able to kind of see that hey you just you go out and just interact with the fan base and get them excited. Like they will show up for this kind of stuff because everyone wants to win. And when you start doing something like this. Um, yeah, it's just a it's a pretty special season there for for Charleston. Yeah, the, the Fire Stackhouse accounts are really watching the College of Charleston right now, right? Yeah, we'll yeah. we'll see where that plays they, out. They are. <laughs> Blake Lovell has been our guest. You can find him on Twitter at the Blake Lovell, managing editor for southeastern14.com covers all things sec if you want to check it out a lot of good daily sec content right there and nobody knows it better than my good buddy blake level blake thank you so much for jumping in man appreciate you guys thanks good stuff always from blake level we got to run to